Good day to you. Welcome back to the Path to Zion podcast, where we are rediscovering the ancient way. Thank you for joining us in the journey today. We are glad that you're here. Oh my goodness, it's freezing cold here. I'm driving out to work. The wind chills 16 degrees, and uh, it's a little bit chilly. I can't quite feel my hands yet. I've got the heat cranking here in the truck, and uh, we're just going to talk about a verse or two in the book of Hebrews. Um, This morning, in our whiteboard time, I was briefly looking into Hebrews chapter 12, and, and what I landed on just thinking towards this morning is the simple fact within these 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 facts, biblical facts, biblical realities, promises. And so we're going to talk about that here in a moment. I do want to remind you before we get started, visit us online at YouTube, go to our channel and 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 watch some of our teaching videos if you have not before. We're still continuing to pick up some new listeners in some new states here in America. Um, the the Midwest has been coming alive. You can kind of draw a little line with a well. You can kind of take a paintbrush and go across Indiana, Ohio, and Pennsylvania up into New York State and. We're picking up some new listeners there, so thank you for tuning in, wherever you are. But you can always go find more video teachings on our YouTube channel there. And uh, if you have not done this yet, you can subscribe, basically is what it's called. It's, it's old school email notifications. If you still do email, you can go to pathtozion.com and click one subscribe button and you will be notified every time this podcast is updated, or you can download the Podbean app for your phone or device, and it's very simple, very easy and small, and you get, again, another way, you get updates via that. We're also on iTunes Music and Spotify and all those places as well, if you just take a few minutes to bounce around and find us. So do that, won't you? Hebrews chapter 12. And in, in verse 11, the latter parts of verse 11, it's talking about how the fruit of discipline is righteousness. And so, if, if, if we're not careful and, and we despise discipline, we know, the, we know the Bible verses in regards to sons, you know, foolish sons or children, they despise correction. They hate discipline. And, and let's just remember that that can, in fact, be us as adults. Even spiritually mature adults, we can despise correction, hate discipline. But we have to be careful to hold that rightly when it comes. However, the Father and His, his perfect execution of what we need... And when we need it, when that discipline comes, the fruit on the tree of the discipline, when we receive it rightly, is righteousness. Now we're told, of course, to be righteous as he is righteous, holy as he is holy. It's not our righteousness. 
as if it's earned in a way that we earn things in the natural or by our own abilities. We are, we are given the ability, the strength to even pursue becoming holy as he is holy, being sanctified into the image and likeness of the Son. It's, we are merely responders to the strength that we're given to empower us to even become like him. I mean, let's just be, let's just be clear. And so if, if you see people getting all excited about their, their righteous deeds and, and how awesome they're doing and how holy they are, just, you know, and maybe that's us. Maybe it could be us, ourselves, individually. We get a little too excited, and, and next thing you know, whether we know it or not, we begin to think more highly of ourselves than we ought. And, and guess what comes? Discipline. And that is there to bring about a fruit, which Hebrews 12:11 tells us the fruit of that is righteousness. And it goes on in verse 12 to say differing versions, say it two different ways, and, and one is much more clear than the other. We will read both, and I say read just out of my memory from going over it this morning. One version, my, my NASB, Strengthen the hands that are weak and the knees that are feeble. Now, a quick topical reading, we could read this actually very, very uh, easily could be misunderstood as well. That means we need to strengthen one another. Strengthen those whose hands are weak and whose knees are feeble. We need to go and, and help other people who are feeble and weak. Now, of course, that's true and, and, and biblically accurate, but, but to this verse specifically, that's not what this is saying. This is talking about ourselves. The CJB makes that very clear with the translation that, that clearly states, strengthen your hands that are weak and your knees that are feeble. And so it makes it personal, individual, all about ourselves. You strengthen your feeble and weakness, your feebleness and your weakness. You do that. And so, well, why would we need to do that? And this is what I want to talk about just for a few moments that I elaborated on in the teaching this morning online on Facebook. We are in a culture... Of, and I'm, we, we talk about this with, with a decent amount of regularity, just kind of being counterculture and in, in aligning the, the truth of the Word of God to constantly combat the, it's not new age, it's just, it's the pattern of the world. It's, it's ancient. It's not new at all. Of this mindset that says everything that you need is within you to be an overcomer, to be a victor, to be a winner, to be the best, to be the greatest, to be the strongest, fastest, smartest, it permeates Christian culture. We just do it in the name of Jesus. There's no difference at all other than it's, it's like Jesusified. <laughs> it's Christianized. We see that with holidays. We see that with 
my goodness, it's an endless list. We Christianize natural things, desirable things. We ascribe a Bible verse to it, and instead of being self-help or self-approval, self-healing, we would never say that, right? Well, it's the exact same thing, except we just literally remove a Bible verse, extract it out by itself, a lot of times out of context entirely, and we make it a sticker, and we place it upon the fracture of our life where it's needed. A bandage, a half-hearted repair of something that is weak and feeble. And so what I've been thinking about this morning and as I continue to drive here to work today is on my mind is just saying to you, if you are in fact a, a regenerated Christ man, not merely a Christian, not merely doctrinally sound because you've been in church your whole life that as you know hopefully if you listen to this at all we know that that's not what our goal is our goal is not to be good Christian Americans that's not a biblical call or a biblical demand upon a Christ follower there's much greater depths to go down to and heights to ascend And so with that in mind, then, then what are we doing when all we try to do is put a, a topical bandage on, bandage on deep, deep wounds that are weak and feeble and, and just need restored, truly strengthened, repaired? And, and I would say what I brought out this morning is... There is such a need for the body of Messiah to just be honest. To just be open with one another. And because here's the thing, right, that I really want to drive home in this episode today for us, within the context of this verse, I often have these these dreams in my mind, these, these fantasies of what if, what if, in 2021 that is that is just around the corner in mere weeks what if the church at large began open confession what if she started truly falling to her knees not i mean yes and amen physically yes please but an inward reality where we are truly postured in humility to stop propping ourselves up as the ones who are all together. We do realize that's why much of the most, most, most majority of secular culture hates the church, right? It's not because of the name of Christ. You do know that, right? (laughs) We're not hated and persecuted because we're so much like Yeshua. Jesus. No, that's absurd. The Christian American majority is hated because she's arrogant, because she portrays herself in this light that, man, she's got it all together. I mean, how many families have we known personally now? How many families have we known that maybe are in ministry, 
leaders, man, evangelists, whether whether someone on a global scale with huge international ministries or someone that we know in our own congregations, in our own families maybe. And on the outside, man, people marvel at their family, at their success, at their book sales, at their what? At their man altogetherness. They they have it good. They have it right. And then something happens. And light is exposed on something that has been hidden. And what happens? A collective gasp is heard from the people. Shock. I can't believe that Pastor James was having an affair. I can't believe that this. I can't believe that that. And there is this collective awe and shock and surprise that that would be possible. Well, why is that, friend? Because we have been taught and trained that we put on a smile. In this age, you fist bump and you say, God is awesome, brother. How are you doing? Man, things are off the charts awesome. And let's just be honest. The majority of the church does not function in a relational capacity with one another to really get down below that surface level interaction. It's sufficient to most people within a congregational assembly, within a corporate church mindset to just kind of stay there. And even people in ministry, a lot of times it's excused away. Well, hey, this is how ministry is. Your family's got to suffer. Your personal life, it might stink, but hey, we're serving the Lord. And friends, this, this is not the will of the Father. It's not the will of the Father to be a masked people going about our lives, masquerading as victorious overcomers when inside we're miserable, failing with weak hands and feeble knees. And, and what I used as an explanation for some imagery this morning in the whiteboard is how many of us would look down at a paralytic in a wheelchair? Let's say you're at the mall. Does anybody go to the mall anymore? I haven't been in the mall for 10 years. Are there still malls? <laughs> Let's just simplify and say you are at the grocery store. And you are in aisle two buying some coffee and you come around the corner and about midway down the aisle on aisle three holding a bag of macaroni is a gentleman in a wheelchair and let's say for imagery's sake he's a war veteran and he has no legs below his kneecaps on both legs nothing there a wounded veteran, wheelchair-bound, and understandably so for the rest of his life, barring a miracle healing that Yeshua may desire to do, but we're not talking about that in this context today. So please don't remove that as a possibility of what I'm saying, and don't misunderstand what I'm presenting in metaphor. So this man is obviously handicapped, incapable of walking, of course. So, 
let's just say you 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 see him, you notice this man, and, and you go down to him in the aisle and say, Hey, brother, how about you stand up and run down this aisle? You know you can do it. Get up, run up and down this grocery store aisle for a few minutes, man. Just do it. You can do it. Come on. <laughs> Be strong. Be victorious. You're more than an overcomer in Jesus Christ, brother. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Come on. This may seem foolish, but not in my head. So the guy looks at you and he says, <laughs> he looks at you and he looks down at his knees. He looks at you and he looks at his knees and says, hey man, can you not see what's going on here? Do you not see what's going on here? Oh man, I know, I see. But don't think about that, just ignore that. Pretend in your mind, squint your eyes and grit your teeth real hard. Brother, get up and walk, you can do it. Now again, let's be clear, we're not talking about a faith issue in the vein of healing or anything like that. Let's be clear. We're talking about ignoring obvious circumstances and just pretending and wishing hard enough that circumstances are not what they actually are. So we could play this scenario out, but just for simplicity's sake, we, we can know how this would go. The guy says, look, man, I'm sorry, but like your pep rallies and you're trying to convince me that I'm fine is not sufficient. I have no legs. It's fact. And friends, brothers and sisters in Messiah, my hope and my prayer is that 2020, however it comes now, and I believe it's going to come through discipline. Why? To produce the fruit of righteousness in the beautiful bride that is not ready to receive her bridegroom. And it's not going to come through four more years of favor. It's not going to come through more lush, lavish, comfortable, relief-driven living, friends. It's not coming that way. It has not come that way in hundreds of years, and it will not come this way through four more. There's a raging inferno inside of me towards this mindset that is permeating almost every Christian American that I know in my entire life. If we could only have four more years of blessing, oh, we'll repent and we will return. Friends, I'm telling you, the church will not return until she was forced down to her knees because discipline produces righteousness. Correction brings a people to their knees. If the children, if the people are immature, and unresponsive to the word and the, and the direction of the Father, which the church is. And so all I'm saying is we have got to face reality. The church has no legs, friend. We're wounded. We're marred. We're disabled. We have weak hands and feeble knees. And until we are ready to openly admit that and stop pretending that everything in the world in this Christian bubble is just nothing but pure awesomeness, 
Friends, we will remain deceived, in denial, unrepairable, and weak. And every time I turn off this recorder and I'm done with another episode, I, I just, I'm just tired of saying the same thing in a hundred different ways. But every single time I'm praying for the body at large, for my household, and for my individual life, I continually land on this topic, which is, Joel, until the church, until my children are driven down to their knees and absolutely cry out to the utmost in desperation that they must have me. They will be weak and they will be feeble and they will be disabled, incapable of accomplishing anything on the earth. Removed, silenced. That's why what I continue to drive home every single episode about all of this uprising and resetting and exposing of the lies is nothing but hot air, church. It's nothing but hot air. The only thing that is going to change anyone in any circumstance in this nation and in any other is a people who are driven to their knees in absolute desperation, crying out for the will of the Father to be accomplished, period. And not the will of the Father that you say it is, or that I say it is, or that the new Trump News Network says that it is, friend. It is not up to us. It is not up to us. We have got to be the ones who receive the oracles of God because he does nothing without first declaring it to his prophets. It would do us good to clean the slate of the prophets of this hour and start over. These prophetic words of this hour. Oh my gosh. It is the advantageous purposes, inclinations, and desires of the hearts of men. Branding it the word of the Lord. I can't hardly stand it. Shared with delight. Why? Favor for Christians. Favor for the church. Favor for America. Blessing. Glory. Advantage, advantage. Greatest, greatest, greatest. Win, win, win. Thus says the Lord. Four more years of blessing, favor, stock markets rising, gas prices down, thus says the Lord. Oh my gosh, friends, please, if there's one human being on the earth that listens to one word I'm saying, please, please cry out to the Lord and ask, is any of this nonsense true? Oh my goodness. Friends, we have weak hands and feeble knees. And until someone's willing to say that, we are stuck. We're stuck. And we will be obstinate children who are destined for more and more and more and more discipline from the Father. For our good. Because He loves us and He's the perfect Father.
So friends, do you have any feebleness in you today? I do. Do you have weakness in you? I do. I long for a church to gather and stop talking about all of the evil liars in the world and start examining ourselves. I can't wait to sit in a gathering of people should the Father be kind enough for me to do so where people are on the floor weeping over their own depravity, over their own need, over their own feebleness, over their own weakness. My ears are growing weary of the accusations that the church throws out on anyone and everyone other than herself. And I would dare say the father's had enough of it. He wants some obedient children. He wants some children who are willing to take correction and discipline upon their own hide. Why? Because we are not righteous. We're not righteous. We're not holy like our father's holy. We're boastful. We're arrogant. We're full of ourselves. And we do it with delight. Thus saith the Lord. And to be clear, what I'm saying is we do all these things and then we confirm it with a this is what God is doing stamp and it's always in our favor. It's always in our favor. It's always in our favor, church, is it not? This is a cry out for anyone who would listen. Will anyone listen to an unfavorable word? Is it possible that there's an unfavorable prophetic word for the church of America and the church of this earth in 2020 as it comes to a close? Is there anyone saying that something that maybe is not good for the church is coming? Is there anyone saying that? I'm seriously asking. I scour the internet to find people saying things are not going to go well for the church. And I don't know where it is. If that's you, reach out to me, please. I beg you, reach out to me, please. I'm in need of some spiritual camaraderie, and I mean that. Wherever you are in the world, we have listeners in, a, in about 10 countries at all times. Reach out to us, please. Let us know there's anyone else out there hearing a word that is not favorable for the church of this hour unless she turns in repentance and cries out on her knees, weeping for her own condition, for her own condition. Please, I'm serious, please reach out to us. Facebook, via the pathtozion.com website, email at pathtozion at gmail.com, pathtozionpodcast at gmail.com. I'm serious, man. I know this isn't how a professional formal podcast is supposed to go I don't care this is about people communicating laboring to find what the spirit is saying to the church through all the mess and all the jargon and the rhetoric of the favorable word of the Lord coming to the church at every turn 
I think judgment's coming to the house of God, friend. I think hard judgment, hard judgment's coming. Hard correction and hard discipline is right around the bend for the church, especially for the Babylonian church of America. It's coming. It has to come. It has to come for her to be purged and purified and prepared and made ready to go out to meet her bridegroom because she's asleep in the camp. Her lamps are empty and dry as a bone. And all she's doing is calling out those who are evil, vile ones who don't know the Lord. And she's going to miss the arrival of the bridegroom because she's so fascinated with those on the outside. That she herself, the elect ones, will be led astray. Friends, don't let that be you. It could be you. You do know that, right? It could be me. It could be me. Deceived, led astray, and totally miss the mark entirely if I'm not careful. If we are, if we are not careful, we ourselves will be led out into the wilderness and entirely miss the kingdom right under our noses because we are not watching for the bridegroom. Don't let that be you, friend. Will anyone cast off all of this favorable word mess of this hour that is so thick you can't hardly wade through it? Will anyone shake it off and come out? I don't know. I don't know. Let's be willing to admit we have weak hands and feeble needs. And we are a people in need of discipline to produce the fruit of righteousness. You've been listening to the Path to Zion podcast. Find us online 24-7, pathtozion.com. Please reach out to us. Please let us know where you are and what you're hearing the word of the Lord in your ears what is it patdesign.com patdesignpodcast at gmail.com send us an email thank you for listening amen